Hello, it's hard for me to believe, but it is episode 100 today. Today, I'm chatting with Sean Fink from the Abundant Mama Project. We're talking about how to meditate without meditating. So for any of you out there like me who struggle to find a consistent practice of mindfulness, such as meditation or yoga, but really crave a few moments of peace and quiet and presence, this episode is for you. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi there, it's Danae. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the last week of March, which means it is the last week of our month of finding mindfulness and calm. If you're interested in following along in the conversation for the remainder of the month, please join us. Go to simplefamilies.com forward slash March. If you stay tuned for the end of this episode, I'm going to be giving you a little preview of what you can look forward to in April. Before we jump into the conversation that I have for you today with Sean Fink from the Abundant Mama Project, I want to give you a quick word from our sponsor. The sponsor for this episode is the Canvas People. If you're anything like me, you probably have an overwhelming number of photographs on your phone. Of the thousands that I take every year, only a handful do I really feel compelled to print out and to display in my home. We recently put up a gallery wall in our living room and I was looking to incorporate some photographs into it. So I thought, what better way than a beautiful canvas to integrate our family photos among other pieces of art? If you're looking for something other than just a standard photo frame or even a gift for a holiday coming up, such as Mother's Day, please take advantage of this special offer. Right now, if you go to canvaspeople.com, you can get a free 11 by 14 canvas. Use the code SIMPLE, and all you're going to pay is shipping and handling. This is a $69 value, and it's something that you're going to treasure forever. So again, go to canvaspeople.com and use the special code SIMPLE, and you'll get your free 11 by 14 canvas. All right, on to today's episode. Sean Fink has been a leading voice in the intentional motherhood movement for many years. She's the founder of the website, The Abundant Mama Project. And over the years, I've come across several pieces of Sean's writing that have really stuck with me. One of those pieces in particular is called How to Meditate Without Meditating. This really resonated with me because I have struggled to find a consistent practice of mindfulness. But I do think that I find moments of peace and moments of presence in my life without meditating. So today, Sean and I are going to be talking more about finding presence and finding calm in non-traditional ways, and possibly in ways that are a bit more accessible to moms on a daily basis. All the links to the things that Sean and I talk about today can be found in the show notes at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 100. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Sean. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Danae. It is a privilege to be here today. For anyone that's not familiar with Sean, she is the founder of the Abundant Mama Project. And I know many of you listening are familiar with it because it very much aligns with the mission of Simple Families. And if you haven't visited Sean's website yet, I would highly recommend it. I think you'll all find a lot of inspiration there. But would you, Sean, just let me know how you got started in this and tell us a little bit more about the Abundant Mama Project? Sure. Um, I think this is a very fitting story, actually. I started out blogging as a blog called Awesomely Awake. Um, Awake is my life word. I know not too many people have a life word, but I do. And um, awake meaning I just, as a a new young mom, I felt like the world was really crazy and busy. 
And um, at the time, people, um, I don't think we really had, um, smartphones were just beginning. And I remember walking through, you know, I was, I was a writer, I was a blogger, and I was seeing everyone sort of missing all the good stuff that was happening around them. I would see parents at restaurants, you know, looking on their phones, but not looking at their children or their family members. Um, and I just knew that I needed to do things differently. And of course, there was some life experience behind that as well. Uh, so I was blogging about being awake. And uh, what, what it ended up becoming was uh, me sharing um, my practices for just finding more joy, being more present. Um, and that is what became the Abundant Mama Project, which started out as an e-course. Um, and it was so popular that I ended up just rebranding as the Abundant Mama Project. Um, which is now, you know, what it is today. Mindfulness has been a journey for you, it sounds like. And maybe you didn't always call it mindfulness. It sounds like you started by noticing that you really needed to wake up and maybe the people around you could benefit from waking up too. Yeah, I, I actually, I don't know, I, I tend to do things a little differently, but I, I actually don't even really use the word mindfulness, uh, partly because I feel it's overused and people are using it wrong. Um, and they make it sound scarier than it actually is. <laughs> so, I totally agree with that. And I, I'd love to hear more more about that from you. Yeah. Um, so, but yes, to answer your question is that is 100% what I'm all about and everything that I do. In fact, I'm kind of feeling like I'm coming full circle back to it. I kind of got a little, um, I don't know, I don't want to say off track because I went the way that I needed to go, but I'm definitely coming back more to that now than ever. Uh, because the world is noisier and it's um, harder and harder to stay present um, on your your everyday life and um, to find joy in that. Um, but for me, mindfulness is um, it's a catchword that really just means: Are you paying attention? Are you sinking into the moment in a way that feels good for you? Um, you know, everything we do could be a chore or it can be fun. <laughs> I choose to try to do it the fun way. Uh, that doesn't mean I love everything that I do, but I choose to really sink into it and make the awful things feel a little more blissful. Um, the, the sacred ordinary is uh, what I'm mostly about, just trying to um, stay very connected um, and grounded to the everyday moments. Um, and just to kind of give you a little more background, I was a journalist for about a decade. And my job was a lot of murders and, um, you know, death and mayhem. And I was in a lot of living rooms talking to a lot of crying family members. And I learned about the preciousness of family life, of human life in that time frame. And so while I was very young, um, I, I, just have a lot of wisdom um, based on those experiences that I witnessed from people from this horrible events. And I just vowed to do things very differently. Um, as a mom, I wanted to put family first. Um, so I am somebody, I'm not one of those crazy um, jet setting bloggers. <laughs> so I like to be home. Uh, I'm pretty much a homebody and I love to be with my kids. Um, they're 12. And um, we still really like to be together. And I, you know, as hard as it is some days, that sinking into the everyday is what feels really good for me. 
I think you are right in the sense that mindfulness has become sort of this catch-all word. And I know that when I started this month, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome around talking about and teaching about mindfulness to my audience because I'm not a yoga teacher. I'm not a meditation master. And I feel like there are certain things that equal mindfulness in society, sort of the, the, the meaning of mindfulness. And that's I, I got caught up in that in my mind about what mindfulness really means. And that's not what it really means to me because I don't have a regular meditation practice and I don't have a regular yoga practice right now. And I've dabbled in both and I find both to be really beneficial, but it's not something that I'm doing right now. Wish I could, yes. But right now I'm finding it in other places. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I'm somebody who I love yoga. I go try to go at least once a week. Uh, but for me, yoga is as much off the mat as it is on the mat. And and I I think that's what a lot of my work, my work um, is inspired by Buddhism for sure. I mean, it's very much um, based on that. Um, you know, when I say the work, the work I've been teaching for about seven years in a program um, to help women sort of tap into their abundant mama journey, as I have done. Um, but I think, you know, living your yoga or living your meditation off the mat or off the cushion is just as important. And that doesn't even mean that it has to be scary. It just means if you are sitting on a cushion, your job is to feel grounded in where you are, the here and the now. And you can do that washing dishes. You can do that doing laundry. You can do that making a bed. You can do that when you're playing a game with your kids. Um, you know, it's as much as if it's even more important, I think, to do it when you're off the mat or off the cushion. I agree. Earlier this month, I spoke with a sleep expert, and we were talking about that time at night when you lay your head down on the pillow and your mind starts flooding with all the things that you haven't thought about all day because you haven't been still enough to listen to your mind all day. And I've been thinking since I had this conversation with her about flooding and when flooding happens to me. And one of those times is in the shower. Have you had that experience, Sean? where you're in the shower and you have like these five minutes of peace and you get that overflow? <laughs> uh, oh, Danae, you're so sweet. I have flooding all day, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's be real. My I do too. My brain is very busy. <laughs> um, let's see. When? That's a great question. And I've never been asked that question. So I got to think for a second. Um, I definitely don't get it at night. I'm extremely tired and I do a lot of work all day to, I mean, I'm not somebody who's super duper busy. Um, I, all of my work is centered around um, creating rest and space. And um, not that I don't have, you know, some really crazy days I do do occasionally. Um, but I would say, oh, gosh, when do I flood? I may not really flood um, at any point one time I do have periods of, um, anxiety really. And that is when all the, all the things come. And, you know, and I find that to be really during seasonal transitions, you know, we're getting ready to come upon the spring change here. And, uh, but also in the fall, I'll get it too. So for me, a lot of the flooding is, tr is seasonal. Um, that's when I'll start to really notice that I'm not, and I'm not feeling as grounded. I have a lot more anxiety coming or overwhelm. 
uh, and I have to be really careful with that that time. That's interesting. Why do you think the seasons impact this for you? I have no idea. I have, um, and it tends to be, and it's not just me. I've I've worked with a lot of women, so I know that it's it's not just me. <laughs> Thank goodness, right? <laughs> That's the value of community. You you don't feel so alone in your craziness. Um, I, I think it has something probably to do with the environment, something happening with the weather, um, or maybe it's just your body, um, anticipating, uh, I know I'm not a big winter person, so I'm anticipating, you know, the, the return of warm weather and, and being able to be outside. Um, but it could also just be our bodies and that the cyclical nature of, you know, the, the phases of, um, the solar system and the environment and the weather and all of that. I mean, I believe in all of that. It, it really does play on our bodies in ways that we don't, we cannot even really imagine. So I don't know, but I do know that it's, it's pretty, although right now I'm fine. I haven't noticed it yet. Um, but I'm, I'm anticipating that it may happen. Interesting. I'm going to have to give more thought to that. I know that this past weekend I was making this overwhelming list of to-dos for my husband around the house and outside in our yard. And it makes me think that maybe, and it sounds like I had some flooding in my brain about just sort of household things that needed done and fixed up and repaired. And that does seem to happen seasonally. So I think, and I'm going to think more on this because I do think that you are onto this and that that might affect me more than I've really ever realized as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I read this article that you wrote, and you wrote it back in 2015. It's called A Busy Mom's Guide to Meditating Without Meditating. And I will put the link to that in the show notes. I loved this because it's something that really resonates with me as someone who doesn't have a regular meditation practice, but someone who desperately needs moments of calm during the day, in the mornings, during the day, in the evenings, whenever it might be. Um So one of the suggestions that you have for how to meditate without meditating is taking a shower. And I tried this. I've tried this a couple times now. And that is, I think, is going to be one of my safe, quiet places from now on because it was a really different experience. So I got in the shower, like I did it this morning, for instance, and my kids were still sleeping. So it was a nice, quiet shower. And I just focused on what I was doing. So literally, I'm washing my arm. I'm washing my face, I'm washing my legs. My mind was just there focusing on what I was doing and it sounds so simple. And I think that's sort of where I'm going with this whole idea of finding presence in the everyday is that it is really simple, but yet times like that where I typically have quiet, especially in the shower, my mind tends to flood with all my to-dos and all the things that I have going on and really taking those moments to refocus, it seems really powerful. Have you, do you, do you do this? Do you have any other ideas sort of along these lines, like taking a shower and just really focusing on being present? Yeah. Um, well, I love that too. And and thank you for that reminder. Cause I, I probably need to go back to having a nice meditative shower like that. I find that for me, um, if I can do that shower at not the regular time too, it's a really more powerful way. You know, the tendency is get up, at least it is for me, get up, you know, help the kids get a shower, start work. <laughs> and that is a, a um, that can be a rut that we get stuck in. And when you can sort of displace um, your normal schedule and, and change that up, um, like a shower midday 
especially if, you know, my kids are in school. So if I can take a shower before lunch, I just, it's a whole new experience than it is if I'm rushing in the morning. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. The shower is one way. Um, I, I, as somebody who was used to be certifiably 100% against doing the dishes, I can, I am 100% on board with doing dishes now because I can, I have figured out a way to make that a mindful, um, such a, you know, turning the ordinary into something magical. Um, it, it can be so peaceful. Um, and because you are talking about mindfulness, I can talk about the Buddha. Um, I have a Buddha statue outside in my, um, backyard. Uh, my family, my mom, my, my mom, my husband and my daughters got it for me a few mother's days ago. And, this is how weird I am. I actually, for a couple of years, brought that statue in. It's probably like, I don't know. It's like a, it's like knee height, maybe, maybe even thigh height on me. Um, so it's not heavy, but it's big. And so I brought it inside because I felt bad that it would be out in the in the weather, you know, because we get snow and, and whatnot. And so this year, um, I decided. So it sits under a. Um, so I think it's a weeping. Um, Japanese tree, a weeping something. <laughs> it's a weeping something. It sounds but beautiful. Anyway, it, there. it is a beautiful sight. Um, and then, you know, it's under a tree. It's beautiful. And I can see this from my kitchen window. Um, but this year I chose to leave it outside. Um, and I wasn't really thinking of the sort of the uh, epiphany <laughs> outcome of that. But we've had a number of snows and seeing the Buddha in the snow has been a reminder to me that there is there is suffering, right? And that you can endure hard things. Um, and for me, for a long time, doing the dishes was a hard thing. I just, I don't know, you have those things you just really do not like to do. That, that was me. And my husband is typically the dishwasher. Uh, so... Um, so anyway, I can see the Buddha from my sink where I wash dishes. And I, I really enjoy that visual, um, particularly when there is snow, but not necessarily. Um, <laughs> over, this, over the summer, the, there was a bird's nest above the Buddha. And they, um, you know, it was like a three robin, you know, three baby robins or something. And they uh, dropped all their droppings all over the Buddha. And it was hilarious. because. <laughs> just hilarious to see uh that happen of course another um you know I don't know do you mind if I curse shit happens right yeah like it just it's a really teachable does. moment <laughs> right um you know and, and of course I washed it off but you know all of this is just my way of um remembering that yeah you know, we have to do we have to do hard things um we have to do things we do not like um not everything is going to be fun or perfect or magical um, but we can certainly bring to each moment a level of presence or a level of um, joy that can make even the most mundane things feel really, really good. And so, you know, the dishes being um, probably my favorite. You can also you can also really put this in the practice when you are into bedtime mode with your kids. Um, you know, one of the things that my, a lot of my clients in the Abundant Mama program have said they really can't stand like bath time. You know, bath time's cute for like the first couple of times, but then it gets old, right? Right. <laughs> you know, like, totally like with you on years, that. Seven years into bath time and it's like, really? <laughs> I'm kind of over this. Um, 
but you know, it can be a time that you are very present and it, it does take some work. Um, but that's when you're taking your, your, your meditation off the, the cushion and bringing it into watching your child and how they've grown and, you know, how they are um, playing differently now and what they are drawn to and, you know, connecting with them in different ways. You know, that's, that's being in the moment. That's mindfulness. Um, or as I say, staying, that's being awake. Um, and that doesn't mean, and by the way, I have another blog post that um, you might want to share is that you don't have to be mindful every every second of your kids' lives. Um, I think that's another kind of um, misnomer or myth, you know, that we have to be these perfect parents that are never, um, you know, off in their own little land or doing something that, you know, is not kid related. I mean, that's certainly not, that's not the goal either. You know, there has to be a I agree. I th yeah, I think it's definitely quality over quantity. And I always tell my audience, you know, maybe you give your kid five minutes of your absolute attention, and then you go veg out for an hour, whatever it is, as long as you're really focusing in and doing a little bit of that present time, you should really pat yourself on the back because you're not going to be present all of the time. Right. And nor should you be because your kids need, you know, a break from you. Yes, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. So when you talk about things that you don't like to do, this makes me think of a story. So we moved into a new house last summer. We moved from Texas to New York, and it was just this huge, huge, tr difficult transition for our family, way more difficult than I had expected it to be. It was really hard on the kids, really hard on me. Um, and we moved into a house with a pool, and m neither my husband or I wanted a pool. We absolutely did not want a pool. Actually, that was on the list of things when buying a house that we did not want. And really, it just goes back to the maintenance that a pool requires and the fact that we live in New York and the length of time that you can really use a pool is pretty <laughs> short and they're costly to maintain. And then having small children who don't know how to swim yet, um, just all of those things. So when we moved into the house, we intended on taking the pool out. It's an older pool. and We're like, we'll just take the pool out. and We won't have to worry about it. So we get here and we realize that it is a way, way bigger, more expensive project than we thought to take the pool out. So the pool has stayed. And when the, when we first moved in in the first weeks, I found myself really compelled to skim the leaves off the pool. And the days when I had a babysitter and I was able to get a little bit of work done, I found myself really drawn to the pool and to just standing at the pool, skimming the leaves off. And at first I thought like, maybe this is me being a little bit of, little bit OCD, like making sure that every single leaf is off the, off the pool. But I think that I was really craving some calm moments and something that really took both my hands and all my energy to execute. And I really found that in skimming the leaves off the pool. It took everything I had, both of my hands, all my energy. I couldn't be multitasking when I was skimming the leaves. And it was so that it went from taking care of the pool went from being this thing that I dreaded and didn't want to do to this very odd, unusual place where I actually find some calmness. Mm, I love that. 
Yeah. And I think the dishes can be that for some people. I think that I have not found that in the dishes yet. And I think that's just because I feel like I'm washing dishes all day long, every day. It feels <laughs> never ending, but I'm going to try to do better. I think one rut that I fell into, and I didn't think it was a rut at the time, was that I probably about a year ago before I launched my podcast, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. So I thought, oh, I'll listen to podcasts while I'm doing the dishes and folding laundry and that sort of thing. And I felt like that was overloading my brain. Do you have, Mm. what are your thoughts on multitasking in that sort of way? Well, I have to be a huge confessor here. And I am almost embarrassed to even say this, which says a lot for me because I'm pretty much an open book. Um, I cannot listen to podcasts. Uh, It's, I, I'm not an auditorial learner. And so, like you just said, I will start out with great intentions, but my my whole self will be somewhere else probably within 10 minutes. Um, that's not to say that I haven't gotten through some and I don't listen to some. Uh, I just find it really difficult for me. I much, I much rather read the information. Um, I'm not a video watcher either, so I, I especially do not like to watch videos. Like if you give me a, a webinar or, you know, an e-course or something that has webinars, I pretty much am like a no. Um, I have to read it for me to retain it. I have to process that information. Um, and then I have to do something with that information. Otherwise I'll get extremely overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's about music. I love to listen to music. I make, um, I'm actually known in my community for making amazing playlists. So that's actually a little habit that I, that I get into. And I create playlists that work best for me in certain moments. So I actually have a dishwashing playlist. Um, it's all the songs that just bring me, um, immense joy. Um, and so when I listen to the songs, not only am I um, getting things done, but it's also just a whole new experience. And then the other thing I'll do for dishwashing is turn on a candle, um, some sort of a candle, or I don't know if you have one of those diffusers, that oil diffusers. I have one. I don't really love it, but that's another thing. Something um, aromatherapy can really add to the dishwashing experience. Um, then I'll, another thing that we do in our in my project um, in our program is ask you to create, you know, kind of set up your sink to be a place of calm. So you might, maybe it's a a mantra that you need to put there while you're washing the dishes, or maybe it's a, um, a photo um, that you can sort of meditate on while you're, while you're doing it that takes you back to a certain memory or something that's really positive. Um, you could have just, um, you know, this kindness rocks are a big thing these days. We've been doing them in my community for years and years. Uh, but I have a couple of rocks that just have like breathe on them. Um, so you could just kind of put that in your windowsill or something like that. Something to remind you that you're there, yes, to wash the dishes, but also to elevate it to a whole new level so that it's not just about washing the dishes. Do you think that you need quiet to do these things and to be and to be mindful and to be present? Um, well, no, I don't think that you need quiet per se, although I am somebody who desperately needs quiet. Uh, I need a lot of quiet. In fact, today's my quiet day because on Mondays, you know, after the busy weekend, it's like, it's like the best day. Yeah. 
And I ask this question because I know that a lot of mothers struggle with not getting enough quiet and finding these moments of mindfulness and presence can sometimes these things feel a little overwhelming because it's like, when am I ever going to get the time to do that? When am I ever going to get the quiet and space to do that? Yeah. Well, um, before the call, I I mentioned to you that I offer a seven day free uh, rise and shine mama challenge. It is intended to allow you to get up early, whether it be 15 minutes, you know, half hour, hour, whatever works best for you, um, so that you can start out your day with that quiet. Um, I, I, I absolutely believe that all moms need to find that time in their day when they can get it. So if you can't get it all day while the kids are up or, you know, running around, then you have to create it in a different way. And that for me, that has been rising early. Um, and I, and I always say rising early is best because if you do it at night, here's, here's what happens for the moms to do it at night. I know this because I've been, I've been working with thousands of women over the years. Um, they're tired. No, they're exhausted. It's been a busy day. And now all they have the energy for is to numb out, numb out on social media or probably binge on Netflix or some TV show. And at the end of the day, that's about all the energy you have left. And that is actually not self-care. <laughs> no matter what you think, that's not self-care. That is bringing so much noise and um, so much noise into your brain that you just don't need. And um, it can be very exhausting. And, and it's a vicious cycle because then they stay up too late um, and they're too tired to wake up in the morning. Um, so it, I see this over and over and over and people, I get some people who actually are like, I am a night owl and that's just the way it's always going to be. And that's fine. Um, but that's not, and if that works for you, then that's, that works for you. But typically it's, it's habit inducing and it's, it's bad habits. Um, so for me, it's waking up early to get that quiet time that I need. Now I, I am completely privileged because I have twins and they're in middle school. So they are in school all day. Um, so I actually have quiet all day as well, but on the weekends and in the summer, I have to do these things that I preach, um, 100%. You know, I just started using, have you heard of the moment app? I have not. So it's an app that tracks your phone usage and there's a feature on it that basically you can disable your phone for certain hours. So I have just set to disable my phone from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. And the real purpose of that is to force myself to get off of it at night instead of vegging out on social media, which I was definitely doing, Um, but also to make that first hour of my day more efficient because I've been getting up before my kids. I usually get up at six, they get up around seven, and I've been doing that for a long time, but I tend to reach for my phone and reply to emails and do sort of work-related or social media-related stuff in the morning. And because I work online, I can often justify social media as being work-related. But I never feel like that first hour of my day is restful or relaxful or quiet. It's even though there's no one around making noise, it doesn't feel quiet when I'm on my phone in the morning for that hour. So I feel like that's been a big change for me, getting away from technology during those early pre-kid hours of the morning. Yeah, I love that. And I agree. And I I have not been, um, I haven't had, I've, I broke that addiction many years ago. So I always, I always forget that, that that's still a thing. But recently on my, um, I had a woman sign up for the, pro, for the Rise and Shine Challenge and she asked me, she goes, 
well, is it okay if I just check my email for like five or 10 minutes and then go on to doing some other things? And, you know, is there any harm in that? And I said back to her, are, do you want uh, other people dictating how you start your day? Or do you want to dictate how you start your day? Because every text message, every email, every notification is somebody else saying you need to do something or answer this question or, you know, any, whatever it is that they're, they're com or connecting with you about. Um, so I actually agree with you that, you know, just blocking that out entirely is a, is a great way to go. Um, and that goes back to making that time self-care time rather than work time. And that was the mistake that I was making. I was making that first hour of the day a work hour to get some things done when really what I desperately needed was a self-care hour. Yeah. And I, and I don't know how you started, but for me, I know I was actually working full time when I first started um, my online work. And so I had to get up and do it in the morning. And so when I finally didn't have to do that anymore, it was a habit you know, get up, check the email or, or whatever else, you know, all the, all the things. <laughs> um, and so it, it can be a very hard habit to break, but it is definitely, it is not good for you to suddenly wake up and start to think about everything else that's out there because that just creates um, more overwhelm and more noise in your day. The problem is a lot of people don't know what to do with their time if they're not doing that. That's true. I think you're right because every free moment we have, we're reaching for technology. Yeah, we forget how to just be. Yes, completely. So where can we find the Rise and Shine Challenge? Okay, so I have the, the link here so I can say it right. Um, it's uh, at AbundantMama.com backslash rise hyphen and hyphen shine. Okay, great. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes too. Just yeah. so just everything that we're talking about today, I will put in the show notes. And you also talk a lot about these topics in your book, Savoring Slow. I do. Yeah. In fact, I think this meditating um, without meditating um, is a part in that book. So you'll actually be able to read it um, directly that way as well. That's great. And I'll put the link in the show notes for that too. And you can find it on Amazon, anywhere else that we can look for that. Um, well, I have a Savoring Slow meditation kit that I uh, sell through my website, and it's at the same link where you can find the book at AbundantMama.com um, backslash savoring. Hold on. Let me look it up. Savoring Slow. <laughs> no hyphen, no space. Um, and that includes some of the meditations that I have in the book. Um, and yes, they are meditations, but you know, I don't, I actually love to create meditations um, that are very different and unique because moms have a very different and unique lifestyle. Um, so the meditations in are very applicable and they're made for moms. So they're not 30 minute long, <laughs> not a 60 minute long meditation, <laughs> which I just laugh about. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. I'm looking forward to checking those out. I haven't seen those yet. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, the, the kit is sold separately on my website only. Um, and then the, the book itself is on Amazon through Kindle or in paperback. Thank you so much, Sean. This has been really enlightening and I have learned so much and I have, feel like I have a lot more tools to move forward with. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sean as much as I did. All the links and things that Sean and I discussed today are going to be in the show notes at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 100. 
Here's a quick preview of what's coming down in April. On both the Simple Families podcast and in the community, we're going to be talking about simplifying food. I will be sharing with you how I feed my own children and we'll be talking about how to get kids to eat well, getting kids in the kitchen, the basics of organic gardening and how to grow your own food, how to cook like a minimalist, and even a little bit about simplifying meal planning. And when you have a moment, please leave a rating or review in iTunes for the show. Your support is greatly appreciated. Have a good one.